0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to
1: 2019. Well, it's actually been two weeks going, but I hope it's been going good for you. Mine has been... It started off a little slow, but it's been picking up with auditions and other things keeping me busy. This is one of our little bite-sized episodes, and I figure it's a good, easy, quick way to start off the new year with a short chat about how my year's been going, what I hope for the year, as well as a conversation that I had recently with Mark Kudish. But first, my own little story. With the holidays comes a lot of chance for cooking and certainly there is plenty of food to go around and I certainly had my share of it. I may have had a little too much. I'm not going to say that I couldn't stand to lose a few pounds, but that's what New Year's resolutions are for. And one of the things that I bought to make was a red velvet cupcake box mix. Yes, that's right. I made it out of a box but I figured that was the easiest way to make something. So I pull out the box and I gather all the ingredients that it says to get ready. And one of the first things it says is to mix all the ingredients. So I pour the, the powdered mix in with the, the oil, the water, the butter, everything that goes into it. So I pour in the water. I start to pour in the oil and It says a cup and a third and that just seems like a lot because it doesn't seem like it should need a cup and a third of it so I look at the box again oh a third of a cup oh okay well that makes a lot of sense and then the water that I've added to it two and a third cup water I look at the box again it's two thirds cup water so I'm trying to drain out what water I can of it, there's no real way it started. It's already started to mix with it, even though I haven't stirred, it's all starting to mix together. And I have realized that I've basically ruined this. I I mean, maybe I can salvage it. I'm trying to get out as much water as I can before it's actually been mixed. And so I I stir it up together. It's a little lumpy with the butter and the mix and everything. I'm like, well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, basically this feels like a great British bake-off disaster already with just runny batter, nothing's working out right, but I'm just gonna stick it in the oven and see what happens. So while that's in the oven, the box also comes with a frosting-making kit. And so I read the directions and it says, you know, use the partly melted butter and add to the frosting mix. I went, butter? It needs warm butter? I just put butter in the mix. And that's when I realize yet a third mistake I have made Is that I added a full stick, oh not just a little bit, a full stick of butter to the mix. The butter was for the frosting, not for the cupcake mix. So basically at this point I realized that I have royally screwed up the cupcake mix. I added one and two-thirds cup more water than it needed. I almost added a full cup of oil when it only needed a third of a cup. I did pull it out of the oven to see basically it was there was water down at the bottom of each of the cupcake things. It was just an absolute mess. And on this box it even said step one, step two. It wasn't difficult. It wasn't hard. It was clearly written out. All I had to do was read and follow the directions. And somehow I even messed that up. So needless to say, no red velvet cupcakes. Fortunately, I still have the frosting mix so I can make that at some time if I want to do that. But ugh, I was absolutely frustrated with myself. Have have you ever done this? Have you ever like messed up a recipe, a clear cut recipe so much that it's not even usable? I did take a tiny bite of it. Ugh, it was a mess. It was absolute mess. Now, I made other recipes during the holidays that did not turn out that badly. This was just a one-off, but it was a stark reminder of how I get distracted, how I get hurried, how I just want to, like, get to the end and get it in the oven, rather than take the time to go step by step and make it right. Now, it definitely reminded me how I do that sometimes with my career. I try to hurry along. I try to, okay, well, I just need to get to the next show. So I just kind of barrel on through this audition or that audition and just like, okay, well, I, I just need to get hired again. So I, I'm my focus is on the next show on getting hired rather than, well, right now, my job is to audition. So I need to audition and make that the best it can be. And within those auditions, within callbacks that will come up is to prepare, read the sides, learn the music, prepare myself for the audition and not try and hurry the process along because ultimately there is no shortcut to getting a show. Yes, every now and then, like a playwright friend of mine asked me to be a part of a reading. So yes, that will happen sometimes where you can be a part of a project and not have auditioned. But 99% of the time we get work through auditioning. And so this red velvet cupcake fiasco was was just a case in point of slowing down, reading the directions, and getting it right. A couple of months ago at the only make-believe gala, they had an after party after the the big show that, that went on where performers from Broadway performed and entertained the audience. So at this after party, which was close by at a pizzeria, which I love in Midtown, most of the performers that were there, including friends of mine that had been on stage, were mingling with the crowd and I got to talk to a few of them. But one of those performers that I had actually never met but had followed for a long time was Mark Kudish. Now, us both being baritones, I have tried my best to emulate his career to follow the roles and the type of songs that he sings and I've used a lot of those in my auditions for I'm falling in love with someone someone girl. I'm falling in love with so it was certainly and he happened to be sitting alone. So yes. I don't normally do this, but I was a bit of a fan and walked up to him and said, what a great job he did that night, and that I'm a performer too, and how, how great it is to, to, to meet him and, and thanked him for his career and his inspiration in my own career. And that sparked a conversation that I was not really prepared for. And what I thought would be a short, hi, how are you, nice to meet you, move on, turned into about 15 minutes of us just talking about the business. He, he did most of the talking. I presented a few questions or just comments, but but he did most of the talking. And what our conversation centered around was the idea of making it. I Confess that, you know, that's why I moved here. I've been here 10 years, still haven't made it yet, and I'm still going for it. And, you know, someone like him is a career I'd, I'd love to have. And he, I think he understood what I was saying, but at the same time, dismissed that as that shouldn't be your goal. You know, no one should have my career or anyone else's, they should have their own career. He was very insightful in the fact that he talked about his own experiences with Broadway with making it from the outside looking in, he is someone who has made it. He is someone who has reached the level I would like to get. But as he explained, he is still looking for roles, looking for shows, looking for that which spurs him on creatively, that which motivates him as an actor. He shared a story that just that day, he had been offered something by a producer that would have been in his wheelhouse, easy. He could have rolled out of bed and done it any day of the week. But he turned it down because he wanted to do some other project that was going to stimulate him more, that was that was darker, that was had just more meat to it. He explained that that's really what keeps him going. It's not Broadway, it's not the allure of this fame or anything that, that is associated with the, the great white way. He actually opened up and shared that he didn't start out as a singer, and he certainly didn't start out as wanting to do Broadway. Broadway was never a thought to him. It wasn't an idea. He mostly just wanted to do plays and then discovered and trained the voice that he now has and has been able to use that in both musicals. And then he even said for a time he only could do musicals because then they wouldn't see him for plays, and which, which does happen in this business, unfortunately, is that once you're seen as one type, either plays or musicals, it's hard to cross over and bridge the gap and be able to do both. Sometimes he said that he had to sacrifice one for the other and not do musicals for a while, to do plays. And basically throughout our conversation, he was driving home the fact that my perspective was off. And for me, that's what stuck out as, maybe this is a reason why I'm not making it, because my focus has been in the wrong place. My my aim, my all my vision, my blinders are on, and all I can see is this Broadway goal in front of me, which is a, a lofty goal, a wonderful goal to have. It's good to have dreams, and it's something that I, I've kind of been learning over the last couple of years, but it became really apparent to me that he learned that Broadway is just another stage. Broadway is just another avenue for which we can express ourselves creatively. And he was very honest in that there's some terrible things that have happened on Broadway, but it's, you know, Broadway. And there's some wonderful things that he's done off-Broadway and elsewhere that have been, that have meant a lot more to him creatively as a performer he was very honest and open with his own experiences, which was so comforting to hear someone of his stature, of his level, to speak so openly and candidly about, you know what, it's really hard for all of us. It doesn't matter where you are in your career, what, what rung of the ladder that you're on, the top or the bottom or the middle. It's a tough industry. And the most important thing to keep going and why I still keep going is for the work, is for the creative outlet, is to the wonderful people that we work with and the wonderful creatives that we get to collaborate with, whether it's creating a new show or whether it's working on an established show and bringing new life to it. It's the outlet by which we can create art. And that's really what it has to be. He mentioned, and it's something that I related to as well, finding the joy again, finding the happiness and the experience of performing and being in this field. And that that's what has to keep you going. Not being on this Broadway stage or working with that actor or attaining this level of fame and notoriety and success. It has to be about the work. That is why we have to still be here. Because he made the point that if all you're going to do is just reach for Broadway, then it's weird to hear him say this, but he said it was so small. It's so focused and and so hard to be absolutely creative in it. So the main thing that I took away from talking with him was this sense of perspective, of getting back to the basics, why I want to do this, why I need to do this. When I first started singing, when I first started performing, I didn't, Think, well, th- th- I, I need to be on Broadway, and that, that's what I have to do. I'm training for this. I need to check off this box, check off it. I need to. P- there wasn't a to do list when it came to performing. I did it because I loved to sing. I did it because this character was funny, or this character w- had some deep, dark secret that I, I wanted to share with an audience. It, whatever it was, it was the craft itself that kept me interested, that drew me from one show to the next. Yes, finding success, finding people who like your voice, like your performance, that's all wonderful. But it was fulfilling a need within me. And in the larger picture was fulfilling my purpose. And I think that's ultimately what I took away from our conversation is that I need to find a purpose that isn't so dependent upon other people casting me, upon other people choosing me, upon other people approving of me and my performance and my talent. I need to be doing this because I've found a way to express myself and have a purpose in this life. I mean, and really isn't that what we're all trying to do is find that purpose, find that means by which we can truly express ourselves, no, no matter what business it is, no matter what hobby or craft that we're doing. The one that I chose just happens to be one that's, you know, may, may have a little bit more showiness, obviously, to it, a little more uh glamour in, well, in some respects. But at the end of the day, it's me taking on a role. It's me taking on a song. It's me taking something that's there, whether it's an old established show or a brand new work, and infusing myself into it. If I'm going to bring myself onto the stage, then I need to be the best self I can be and be happy with that self. And I think that that is imminently more important than attaining that bucket list of Broadway. Now, it's still on my bucket list. It's still something I want to do. It's still at the end of the tunnel, and who knows how long that tunnel is going to be or when I'm going to reach it, but it's still there. But until I get there, if I get there, then I have my work to do, the work that's going to fulfill me and the work that I can give to others. And that is ultimately what's going to keep me going. And in the long run, that's how I make it. Now, it would certainly be great to have Mark Kudish on the show, so I will continue to work on that. But in the meantime, I have some great guests coming up in the next few episodes, and I think this is going to be a great start off to the new year. I'm going to be bringing back Ryan McPhee, who was here last year for our Tony Awards episodes, and he and I are going to sit down and chat about the season so far on Broadway, shows that have closed, as far as what's coming up, in the spring and maybe some early Tony Awards buzz. And I'm also going to be bringing on some friends of mine both from those that I've worked with as well as friends that I have known for so long that have a lot to share about the business. And it's gonna be a great time of also collaborating with other podcasters, friends of mine who are in the business, doing what I'm doing. And so we'll get a chance to not only talk about the business itself and about acting and performing, but also podcasting and what it's like to share these stories with people like you. So I am really looking forward to the next few weeks and months of episodes. To find out about everything that's gonna be coming up, please follow on whilenevermakeit.com. There you can listen to all the latest episodes. You can also go to the blog. That's right, that is something else that we're starting It's gonna be some tidbits of my own reflections, my own thoughts about motivations and ways to, to keep going, you know, why I'm still here, but also a chance for you to contribute and write your own why I'll never make it stories, your own inspirations about what it is that motivates you and keeps you going in this career. We've already had Megan Carver, who is a longtime listener and is such a great supporter of the podcast. She's already contributed one blog. So I look forward to more of you sharing your own stories. In the meantime, thank you for joining me on this little bite-sized episode. Keep making it and I'll see you next time. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Slithlin. This is Sarah Borellis. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone.
0: This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.